Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What is going on, my friends? Coach Luca back here with the Vigor Life Podcast, and you won't believe who I found somewhere in the ether. Uh, he's been hiding. He's, he's nowhere to be found on social media, so uh, which, which I love, but yo, one of my closest friends, a guy I love, been on the podcast before. Actually, I've had so many people ask me, uh, when is Nate Green coming back? And the answer is right now. Nate Green is back on the uh, show. And uh, no, no, dead serious, man. Like when we did that, uh, that podcast, I had so many people in the last, I'll just say year probably, uh, that, you know, that hit me up and said, hey, you got to get Nate back on the show. You got to get Nate back on the show. Um, and we just had a, we were, we just were on a call and I said, hey, man, let's do, let's do a podcast. And um, I, I said that yeah. one of the things I'm going to bring up is interrogate you on, you know, what it's, what it's intriguing me to find out what's intriguing you. And we kind of talked a little bit about it before mm. the show. But uh, first of all, man, welcome back to the show. You know, I love and appreciate Thank you. you, as always. Um, uh, I love you, know. you too, man. And I'm glad to be here. And I'm sorry that I I just, I just, I just actually deactivated my Twitter account yesterday. Um, I have yeah, 12 okay, so. months to keep it just so you know, I have 12 months. So I, I, I can change my mind on it, but I'm just, just taking a step away from that. But that's like Yo, the last vestige of social media. Now I was about I to say, what's so funny is that like, there's a number <laughs> of times when I'm trying to tag you and I forget that you don't have shit, but you were on Twitter <laughs> and now you're not on Twitter either. Okay, well, I'm cool. still, I'm still, I'm still on Twitter. I mean, it's deactivated right now. So they give you like 12 months. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm trying it for a while. I may reactivate it again. I mean, let's be honest. The only reason for me that I have Twitter right now is, and this is, uh, it's going to kind of sound ego based and it probably is to an extent, but I have that little verified check mark and ah. the reason, but here's the, here's, here's the deal though, man. The, the, the reason that that's so valuable is it allows me, it's like, uh, you kind of skip to the front of the line if you want to try to get in front of people. And so uh, that, that makes it sound bad, like get in front of people. But like, if there's a journalist or a, a public figure that I want to talk to, the simple fact that I have that little check mark, just like they're more likely to see it than not. And so that's the only reason I would even think about keeping Twitter is it's, it's allowed me to reach out to some people that I don't think I would normally be able to reach out to. Uh, interesting too because uh i just had another one of those like hey do you want to get the blue check mark you know people asking me for ig and i think and i'm like i don't know do i do i get it like you know if i if i don't get it organically is it cheating i don't know if i want to do that fuck that you know <laughs> so, oh fuck you you just do it oh man are you kidding me how's that even a question just do it yeah well, the, anyway. i know i know the next dm that i'm sending out so uh <laughs> check mark is getting got um but yeah. I, I do, I, you know what, I, I, I did want to go back to our mirror experience, but that's going to be a little bit later on. Um, one that's of the, one that, of that's the, a great teaser. It is definitely great. So it means you got to stay and listen to the, to the story. It involves edibles and a mirror and it was magical um, <laughs> in a nine minute podcast. But like I said, we're, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to get back into that later, but man, like, you know what, like for, I, I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm always, and you know, I've been, we've been friends for a long time, but I've always loved reading your emails. Even like if we weren't talking as much uh, or as, as frequently, um, because you're one of those people that's a pretty interesting human being, does a lot of different stuff. And uh, you know, my thing, what has been intriguing you lately? I know there's a couple of projects you've been working on, 
uh, for anybody that, that doesn't mm -hmm. know, Nate is on the Precision Nutrition team and uh, now does a lot of, well, I would say like a lot of mentoring and editing. And uh, I think your roles has, has definitely changed there. And, you know, if, mm -hmm. if you've never followed Nate, like obviously he's a phenomenal writer. Um, and, but, you know, on, on those two parts, I know there's one, one part of you is, is uh, kind of exploring this fitness side of possibly writing something. The other that I'm, I'm always intrigued in is kind of the behind the scenes of what you're doing uh, with PN and your own thoughts around, you know, getting better at your craft. So tell me a little yeah. bit more about that. Yeah, no, we're in a good position right now, uh, Precision Nutrition. So we're in a, I've been with them for about 10 years now, kind of off and on. Um, uh, took a break in 2016 to 2018 for a bit, but I'm back with the team. And I just, man, I just sat down again uh, a couple of days ago and picked up the uh, level one uh, nutrition certification textbook. Uh, it's like a, a three-part textbook now. And I just sat down on this little beanbag chair in my office next next to my desk where I, where I do all my reading. And uh, it's like a fancy ass beanbag chair. And uh, I just started reading the book and I'm like, man, I think we're doing really good work in the world. I think this is really valuable and I think it can help a lot of people. And it's uh, that I, I, I say that because sometimes I feel like we can forget what we're working on and why we're working and what, you know, the goal of all of this is and sitting down and reading some of what the team at PN has been able to produce over just you know, decades of experience and research and, and money uh, put into research and all that. I'm just really proud to be a part of the team. And so it kind of just reinvigorated uh, my like drive to try to reach more people. So yeah, my role is definitely, I mean, it's kind of similar to what it's been ever since I started back in like 2010. So I'm still writing, I'm still doing marketing uh, strategy and uh, a lot of copywriting. Um, but now because we're growing so fast and because we want to reach more people, I've started to shift into more of kind of like a mentorship role, kind of an editing role, like you said. So we have like three more copywriters on staff. So I'm helping them uh, sitting down for brainstorming sessions. Uh, you know, each of them kind of have their own uh, branch of precision nutrition that they're working on. So someone's working on the certification side, someone's working on the coaching side. And uh, we have uh, another one just kind of just picking up loose ends here and there. And it's been really fun to watch it grow. And we suddenly have like way more systems in place. And it's just, it feels like we're a bunch of adults now at a good company, as opposed to uh, like back in the day where it was just like free for all. And it was still a good company and we were still adults, but it, it was just chaos. Like things just got done however they got done. And now there's like this tried and true kind of, system that we follow and that we have project managers and it feels like a legitimate thing and my the thing that's exciting me the most about my particular role at pn right now is i don't even necessarily look at it as leadership though i guess you can kind of say that i i prefer mentorship and it's just i spent so much of my career building a certain skill set. And, you know, because I used to own a personal training studio and uh, I've written for fitness magazines, I'm just very steeped in the health and fitness industry. And as we bring on new people to the PN team, a lot of them uh, are, you know, have a background in health and fitness, but now increasingly, a lot of them don't. These are people that um, are, 
amazing in their particular industry. And then they come to PN and it's like, they just have so much to learn about health and fitness. And my role now is like, how can I just bring all of the knowledge and all the skills that I've developed over the last 10 years and then help kind of disseminate it throughout the rest of the organization and, uh, and get out of everyone's way and let them be creative and let them have uh, their own ideas and just kind of uh, help where I can. So it's been super rewarding and it's a whole new set of skills uh, to be able to do that as opposed to me you know, sitting down and doing the majority of the writing myself, which I still do from time to time, but it's just, it, it doesn't happen as much anymore. You know what, that, that's, this is a perfect segue though, because you, like, you're getting a lot of different people from, I would say, just different fields, and you're mentoring them on essentially like how to write for those audiences. Like, and yeah. maybe, maybe you haven't like wrote this stuff down, but like off of, you know, I don't know if you quickly go like, all right, what are some what are some of these main things mm. that you're sharing with them? Like, what are some of the principles, you know, somebody new just came in, like, what are the things that you're like, I got to teach them this? And what are maybe some like kind of bullet points of aha moments mm. that, that you share with them? Yeah. So I don't have a list, but I'm just, uh, as you said that a couple of things are coming to mind. And so one thing that happens a lot, I feel like in the health and fitness industry is people have a certain way of talking about, um, diets or foods and they're good or they're bad and clean eating and all, all of these kind of terms that get thrown around and at precision nutrition we've really i mean anyone that's you know part of the part of the company or anyone that's uh you know read the blog or uh is certified as a coach or gone through the coaching program they know that we we're diet agnostic so it doesn't really matter like like if we work with someone and they like eating paleo style or they're vegan or they do keto, it doesn't matter to us because all the principles of nutrition, um, really when you start to break apart uh, all these different diets, like there are some fundamental principles that are all pretty much the same. And so I feel like when I'm editing, especially a new writer's work, it's mainly just kind of looking for kind of tired fitness and health cliches or things that would definitely fly in another organization. But for us, it just doesn't represent the way that we think about food. And so I, I know that everyone on the team has read the entire uh, certification. And so everyone is up to speed, but when you're then trying to communicate information and do it in an engaging, fun way through, you know, an email or through a Facebook post or something like that, there's just some nuance that if you don't, if you haven't been in the industry for a while, it'd probably just go right under your radar. And so I, I'm trying to think of a specific example, like anything that is overtly like, um, like talks about clean eating or, you know, at precision nutrition, uh, we're all about healthy food as opposed to, you know, unhealthy food. It's just little nuances that probably wouldn't trip anyone else's radar that it gets on mine because I'm like, okay, we have a bunch, we have millions of people who read our blog and we want to make sure that everyone knows that no matter who they are, where they come from, what their style of eating is, what their exercise history is, what their viewpoint is and opinions are, that they're welcome at PN and we can be in a position to kind of meet them where they're at. And so, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm blessed that, uh, like I don't have to edit that much for that kind of stuff because to get, to become an employee at precision nutrition is a pretty high bar. Like just for instance, we hired another copywriter, uh, 
maybe six months ago and we had hundreds, hundreds of uh, people that applied and we just, we could only pick one and it was a, a hard decision. But if you've reached that point where you've gone through multiple interviews and you get offered a position, you uh, are a master of your craft or you're uh, you know close to it and all you need to do is fine tune and learn the industry a little bit. So I don't know. I don't know if that speaks specifically to what you were hoping for, but yeah, that's for sure. just I mean, like, it's 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 more of just the P and voice and our general kind of ethos and and uh, and values that just I I and I've internalized over time and that we just try to keep you know prevalent and present in the in the writing. And I mean, it's and it's definitely pops out. I mean, obviously, you know, I've been a, a fan of PN and the question is like, okay, once you know, once you get bigger, what's going to happen? Um, but I mean, the content has been, that's been coming out is phenomenal, even though the team has grown significantly. And I, I yeah. think that one of my questions for sure, I, and this is for the le- listeners, because it's funny, like in the last three weeks, uh, I've actually, even through a lot of my business coaching and some of the webinars I've been on, you know, that question comes out like, uh, well, a couple questions come out, right? Uh, one is I, I did a, I would say a, a podcast with Jordan site and Jordan was talking about how important he still believes, uh, I would say things like blogs and article writing, just writing in general, how important they are in building your business. Uh, and he specifically was kind of focusing on the online side of things, you know, that many mm. people think that, you know, he blew up uh, and was successful because of Instagram. And he's like, no, not at all. You know, it was actually because of, you know, five, 600 articles that I've written and, and dove into. Um, and, you know, on top of that, like the email marketing and email writing. And so, and I, and I believe this too, right. Where, I think we're, we're in such a, um, what's the word, but it's, you know, kind of like you're, you're, you're thrown around like people, Oh, there's no attention span. Right. That's why like longer Mm -hmm. content doesn't work, but that's not necessarily true if your content is great. And so my communication with the people in the webinars I've been on is like, Hey, like that's one of the high income skill sets. You know, the three, the three are basically presenting, writing, selling, uh, you know, and, and writing, I think, ends up being, you know, writing for marketing, writing for content, right? right? It all kind of fits under that. But, you know, you've been somebody that's used that skill set, you know, in your career to uh, obviously be able to share and communicate your message to, you know, make an income and make good, you know, be able to live the life that you want to live. And, and now, obviously, you've been with, you know, PN on and off for, for a decade. Um, and like, the, the thing that I'm trying to get across with, I would say more of the listeners and coaches and gym owners and you know, whatever other business that people have is how to improve this, you know, high, like, like I said, there's only three, one of them is writing. And guess what? If you get better at writing, you get better at speaking, you get better at, uh, I mean, even like, honestly, like writing text messages to, you know, pick up a girl, like I'm, I'm dead serious, right? It's, it's yeah, no, absolutely. Writing falls into all of those things. Um, and like, like, I feel like, yeah, go ahead. No, so we should, we, I, this is, you just said to pick up a girl and it, it's funny that that's like a, like, not, not that I'm going to talk about picking up girls now, but, um, there was a, there was a time where like I was in a long-term relationship for 10 years and then I became single. And then all of a sudden I, I'd never used Tinder before, man. I didn't know what the fuck it, I mean, I knew what it was, but I didn't know anything about it. And I'm like, holy shit, do I have the skill set for this thing? And so like writing my profile was like a cinch and uh, it's just, I mean, that's a very, very small uh, kind of uh, almost kind of maybe petty way of talking about it. But I really think that, I mean, if you can write long, you can write short. I don't know if the opposite is true. 
Oh, great um, point. Yes, and, and that because, is a great point. And actually, uh, yeah, brought up by by a number of people. And I'm I'm glad you brought this up because you can if you can write long, you can crush IG posts, you know, Twitter post like. But if you can just do Twitter posts, doesn't mean that you can write a great article or a great uh, blog or a great exactly. uh, landing page for it to sell something. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so for me, it's, a, I mean, uh, of course, I'm biased because I consider myself a writer, but I think it's a, like a bedrock skill set, especially um, for anyone who has a business, especially a business online, because, I mean, if you know how to write, you can write a script for a video. You can write a sales page. You can write a Facebook ad. You can write an Instagram ad. You can uh, write the intro to a podcast. Uh, you can uh, text your clients better. You can sell over the phone. You can you can do a bunch of shit, man. And uh, I'm sure that can come through other means, but learning how to write and communicate well is just, a, I feel like one of the most fundamental skills. And even, even when, like you just mentioned, like, you know, th more things are going to video and audio, like this podcast, learning how to write just helps you think differently and think uh, better in a way you can, you can structure. Uh... <laughs> What's funny is I'm like not making my point right now, because here I am as a writer trying to figure out what the fuck I'm trying to say, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that's not lost on me, but really you can learn how to like structure an argument or structure like a whole, uh, like if, if I'm writing a sales page, I know all of the things that have to be in there. And that means I can take that, uh, take that model and then apply it to anything, no matter how short or long, uh, the text is, is supposed to be, you know what I mean? Yo, but let's, let's dive into this a little bit. I mean, and, and once again, you know, let, let's not lose the fact that if you want to get great at this, you got to put it, put in the work um, yeah. and, you know, constantly work on it. And like, you know, guys like yourself, uh, I know I just had Farouj on, we we're talking about this, you know, you know, he's been writing stuff, I don't know, since 2003, you know, I think something like that. So like almost 20 years and we'll still get on the phone and go over landing pages and like, you know, kind of shoot the shit of what to take out, what to put in, like, just talk, like, just constantly work on the skill yep. set. Like you're the same way. Um, but, you know, for somebody, okay, I guess if I was like, okay, somebody hasn't done a lot of copywriting or hasn't written a, written a lot, what will be like these, you know, three, maybe four different, uh, I would say principles and, and tips that you'd give them so that by, you know, the next two weeks, they'd already be ahead of the game, right? Obviously, you're not going to be a master copywriter in two weeks, but it's, it's just like, these are the kind of like some bedrock things that right off the bat, like you're skipping some, I guess they're jumping some yeah. better at it. Uh, and, you know, considering that you're in a mentorship role right now, I'd be like, you know, what would be your mentorship role to everybody listening and going like, hey, man, if you do these things, like you won't be the greatest copywriter in the world. But you know what? Your, your stuff will be better. It will, it will sound better. You'll, you'll get better stuff out there and it'll be better than, you know, the competition if, if they're not doing it. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, so the first thing I would say is actually not even a technique. It was just, this is just a shout out to a friend of mine who I think does great work. I would go buy a Ramit Sethi's course uh, on copywriting. I think it's, I don't even know what it's called. Uh, but if you search Ramit Sethi copywriting, you'll find it. Uh, oh, call to action. It's called call to action. And so if you want to just jump ahead of everybody quickly, um, go get that course. It's uh, phenomenal. Uh, I've gone through it and I encourage the copywriters at PN to go through it too. 
Um, but in terms of like actual stuff, I would say, I would say this, and this doesn't matter if you're writing like what you would consider copy or just anything. Um, start with this sentence and answer it. What am I trying to say? Like, what is the purpose of me even writing this email or this sales page or this text message? Like, what is the point of this? And try to get that down to a sentence or two. And then, and I know I'm skipping some stuff here. At the end, you go back to that question and you look at what you wanted to say and you go, have I said it? Though that right there, the bookend of like starting with that question and ending with that question is huge because I feel like so many people can get lost in trying to tell an interesting story, which is great, or putting in a bunch of unnecessary details or little rambling like anecdotes, which is fine, but they miss the whole point of what the, the email or the sales page or whatever is supposed to do. So that's tip number one, I guess, is start with what am I actually trying to say here? Um, I think the second thing would be, what's your hook? What's your story? Um, like, do you have an interesting story to tell about whatever you're writing about? Do you have a quick little, uh, you have a quick little couple sentence anecdote about, you know, some, you know, something that happened around this topic? Like you just need to get people's attention right away. And I mean, we could get into tactics of like writing emails. There's a bunch of stuff you could do, uh, in the subject line and the email copy, like even things like, I mean, sometimes I'll start with a question, right? So the, the email, like if you open it up, it would say a quick question, Luca. And so now you're automatically engaged. I'm asking you a question. I used your first name in it. And now I'm going to have a question that is either going to be kind of like a funny question that uh, directly relates to the point of the email, or it's going to be a hard hitting question that directly relates to the point of the email. Mm -hmm. And that's just one little opener, I guess, that can hook people. And uh, Ramit goes into depth about this and you can, you can Google this, these kinds of tactics, but there's gotta be some kind of story or hook or opener. Um, what else? I mean, social proof is always the thing that is super important. Uh, and so I always try to find ways to sprinkle in like little uh, social proof points, whether like, so if I'm writing a precision nutrition email, there are just some facts. And some of the facts are we've coached over a hundred thousand people. We've certified nearly 100,000 coaches. We've been doing this for 15 years. Our uh, methods have been proven to work in three different scientific peer reviewed journals. We uh, here, you know, we have, hundreds, probably thousands of testimonials and photos. So more often than not, I will like throw those in and lean on those when they make sense, just to constantly remind people that, Hey, we are the professionals here. We know what we're doing. And it's not just us saying that we know what we're doing. Like, look at all of this, look at the people that we've worked with. Um, look at the, you know, look at the accolades or whatever. And so I know that maybe a if, if someone's listening to this and they own a, you know, a, a, a small business and they have a small train, you know, they have a, you know, 30 or 40 clients online or whatever it is, maybe they haven't been written about in men's health, or maybe they haven't worked with athletes from Nike, but if they're getting good results for their clients, they can damn sure ask the clients for a good testimonial. They can um, find other kind of little proof points and sprinkle them throughout the email. Uh, not as like a, 
like you, you should listen to us because we're the shit, but kind of, I mean, kind of like that, but more of like, look, this is why it's worth your time to finish this email or to finish the sales pages. We're going to give you the real deal now. And we know what we're talking about. And here's some people that can back up that we know what we're talking about. Um, on, that's a, that's a great one on that. No. Um, it's one of the things that I've, uh, done is do, absolutely do that. But, um, also, uh, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Donald Miller's story brand and everything around it and all their courses, whatnot. Yep. And uh, one of the, cause, cause this is, I've seen people make this mistake though, whereas they, they try to put so much social proof on authority that what happens yeah. is they, you know, it's kind of like, like Donald talks about, um, you know, the client has to be the hero in a story. You have to be the Yoda. And as soon as you try to create too much authority, now you're the hero and people go like, Oh, that's awesome. But then they don't want to work with you. And uh, yeah. to like not overdo the authority stuff. Like, hey, we work with this. And it's like, the whole, you know, there's too much of, whether it's an email, whether it's a blog, whether it's copy on a landing page and not overdo that. I think that's, that's also pretty important. So th that's a great call out. And so actually, I, I haven't read any of the story brand stuff, but I know that you're a big fan of his. And I, I will say this, I agree with you completely. And so maybe one of the other things uh, like, when you would ask what's the point of this email or sales page would be what's in it for them. Like, right. Like what's the purpose of this? How can you make them the hero? I think that's beautiful framing. I will say this though. And this is a, this is the difficult part about like throwing out techniques or tips is that on one level, um, this is fairly systematic, especially copywriting. You can kind of like follow some proven formulas. And I think that's great. But on another level, there really is kind of a, an art to it where like, so using social proof is a good thing. Not using too much social proof is also a good thing. Now, where's the balance? That just comes from experience and writing. So I wouldn't know how much social now? proof, if any, to put in any yeah. one thing until I'm actually doing it. And so that's, it's always good to have guidelines, but I, I, there, there's... Uh, Unfortunately, it's like your own experience has to speak for itself and you just learn through trial by fire. Absolutely. I would, you know what? It, it, let me know this because you know you do so much writing. I, I've taken a lot of copywriting to what I do in just face-to-face -face stuff. I, I have an example from, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, we're fortunate to be open right now and I'm very grateful for that. It's definitely been a struggle, but in the last, I don't know, like 11 days, I think, We've signed up between trials and clients and stuff like 15 or 16, which might be a record maybe because uh, a lot of people definitely want to, you know, go back to the gym. And one of the conversations, and it's almost like for, for me, I almost, I'm, I've, I've trained it so much where I'll have a conversation with somebody about the gym and, you know, what we do and try to connect it to their goals. So I'm always asking like, hey, what are you looking for? You know, what made you decide to come reach out to us, this, that, and the other. And somewhere in there, I always go, well, you know, like, I mean, we've been featured in Men's Health and Entrepreneur Magazine, and we've been here and there. And, you know, not to, not to say that because of that, you'll love it here. Uh, but, you know, we, we do really know what you're doing. And, and I believe if you do the 30-day trial, you'll get to experience that and be able to, you know, decide if it's the right place for you. And, you know, in that, even though I don't make that the main thing, they still are like, hold up, these guys have been featured where, Right. And, and it's, it's yeah. social proof injected into a conversation where I'm still like, you know, you said that your back hurts, but you want to lose weight and it's been challenging for you to do, right? Like, but somewhere in there, I'm going to plug that thing in and it does build authority. And, and the reason I bring it up is because 
uh, you know, studying copywriting and just how to write and how to better communicate, you know, it does like I started kind of bringing it into my communication and, yeah. you know, it, it, it just, I mean, it just works. And, it, and I want to bring this up because most people are like, well, you know what? I don't write a lot and I, I'm not really going to go into article writing and I don't want to write 500 articles or blah, 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 blah. But, but at the same time, like, I mean, we went like 13 for 13 on trials, which is a hundred percent. And, you know, because the way that I communicate the pitch, which, I mean, it's basically me essentially being a landing page face to face, which I think is even better. Right. Yes. But it, You're it, a living landing page. Correct. You know what I mean? But it, it's that, that's the kicker though. Like I, I told, you know, we had a call today with our business coaching group uh, and Marcus was asking about this stuff and I'm like, look, your landing page. Yeah. It's not as good as you being in front of them, but basically while you're sleeping, you're converting them with the communication that you would have with them face to face. And so it's a two way, two way street because you get better at communication speaking. Uh, you know, you get better at writing, but really if you, if you, you have time to write, you have time to think it out. You have time to think about who you, who the person you're talking to is. And then because you have the time, you can make it great. And then when you take that from the paper to communicate face to face, now you have the greatest pitch of all time, right? And you can, which you can keep yeah. proving. And, and that's why I get so fired up about this. Cause some people are like, Oh man, are you, you know, are you a copywriter or a marketer? And I'm like, oh, I mean, I, I do that. And like, I want to be able to communicate my message the best possible to get it across, to get people to sign up, to help them transform their lives. And so it's my duty and obligation to get really good at this shit because that's the only way that I can spread the message and do better videos and present better. And instead of reaching 10,000 people, I can reach 10 million. Right. Like, and it's like, I, I always get kind of fired up when, a small business owner is like, ah, oh, man, that's not what I do. And I'm like, no, that's fucking what you do. You know, like, um, so it's, I know I veered off a little bit right there. Especially, but yeah. no, no, it's good. Especially when, I mean, this is, I mean, I start, we started the call talking about how I just recently sat back down again with the, with the certification materials and started going through it. I'm like, man, this is, this is valuable stuff. And if you're a small business owner and you're getting good results with people and people are coming to you and like, you're like this, like, you know, beacon of hope in their life right now, because you're, they're following your social, they're reading your emails. They, you know, maybe they're coming to the gym. If you're in a place right now where, you know, gym access is a thing, but you're helping people and it's, it's on you to sell yourself and sell your services in the best way possible just because you know how valuable it is. I mean, otherwise they're going to go to a a competitor or even if you don't think in those terms, they're going to go somewhere else or they're going to do nothing, um, which is their choice. And that's fine, but you can really help them. And that's one thing I think about with precision nutrition a lot is like how I feel like copywriting kind of gets a, for people that are in the industry, people that understand business, it's not a negative word at all, but for people who don't sell regularly, um, I think they can feel like copywriting can be sleazy and it can be, there's some, there are a lot of bad copywriters yeah, out there. Yeah. There's a lot of bad practices. There's a, I mean, I will not stand up for everyone in, in, in my particular field. Um, uh, and I don't, I honestly don't even consider myself a copywriter in that way. Like when people ask what I do, I say I'm a writer and then I just happen to write copy for precision nutrition. But it's really a beautiful art form. It's basically the art of persuasion. And um, I, again, I'm, I'm latching on to what you said earlier, because I, I like the story brand dudes thing about making them the hero. That's really what it is. You're just telling a story and you know, the end result 
that they're capable of getting if they work with you. They don't know that, but you do because you have the data and you have the experience. And so, yeah, man, I, I think one other point I want to make about writing, and I guess it could be thinking about how to say this. I feel like, okay, so attention spans may be shortening or whatever, and that's probably pretty valid. Uh, but it doesn't mean that as a creator or as a business owner that you need to have a short attention span in order to connect with someone with a short attention span. I actually think one, uh, I mean, Cal Newport wrote a brilliant book called Deep Work. And it's, I, I really do feel like it's a rare and valuable skill to be able to sit down undistracted for an hour or longer and actually produce some kind of creative work that has the opportunity to become very valuable to someone else. And what a brilliant skill and practice that is to be able to sit down and make something without being distracted. Just think about how much you're going to be able to accomplish. Think about how much value and joy and, you know, and pain and struggle writing something because creating something is not easy. Um, but it's, it's, it's like, the good kind of stress. It's like when something falls right into place, like when you're working on, when I'm writing 50 headlines and one finally clicks, or if I'm writing an article for men's health and uh, I just figure out the way to, you know, the way to communicate this feeling through words and it just, it just connects with me and I know it's going to connect with the reader. It's just a beautiful moment. So I would even just say, whether or not you ever think you'll write an article, it may be worth it to get into the practice, at least sometimes, of sitting down undistracted and creating something that takes a long time to create. That's a, that's a great point. Actually, you know, if, if I could just take out like one sentence slash paragraph, that might be it. You know, who who's going to be successful moving forward from, you know, and obviously we're in very challenging times for you know, a lot of the world, especially small business. And if you can do that, I feel like you'll have such an advantage um, because it's a superpower. It, it, it is a superpower. And I've, I've, you know, I can, I do a lot of stuff, uh, obviously probably too much shit, uh, podcast videos, <laughs> this, that, the other, I, I feel like there's certain things that I'm definitely better at. Uh, I, I, I actually love writing. Um, but I think these last years have been like, I can produce so much more quality uh, stuff with video and I, I really enjoy video, but I've, I've started writing uh, a lot and a lot of it actually is, you know, there's a. Uh, you're going to have to get your sound guy to edit this man. Cause I don't hear you mic anymore you, you got oh you there am i back there we go i'm back you're back all right yeah but i pray hey, i appreciate you i appreciate you yelling that out so i could fix it real quick yeah i was like well, I was part of me was wondering if it was going to keep going and i was like ah maybe they can just edit it but then i was like ah, i should probably say something because luca is known to rant so maybe five minutes before he realizes I can't hear him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I don't even know where 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 i lost you but basically I, I, you know one of the things i was saying that i'm i'm getting back to writing a lot more and what it's done actually 
beyond, uh, you know, oh, I'm, I, you know, I just wrote this blog post or this copy for the new website or whatever. It's clearing my thoughts on systems and structure of the business. Um, and like this mm. whole, you know, it, things that you just don't get when you're doing shorter stuff or you're doing video or you're doing podcasts. Like, but when I'm writing stuff out and organizing it, I'm like, holy shit. Like I never actually thought this is what we have here, you know, in the business. Oh, wow. This is, this is a way better way to tell the story of our structure and how we're different. Uh, if I never post about it, right. Just, just writing it out and organizing my thoughts and writing uh, has allowed me to, I feel like improve on the business model. I mean, that's why people keep a journal, right? Um, even if you're not writing about uh, business oriented things, even if you're not brainstorming anything in particular for your business, I mean, having a journal or jotting down your thoughts or brainstorming, whatever, like it, it does, it can clear your mind. It can get you uh, thinking um, it can get you thinking better. It, it can, it can help you, uh, like solve problems that you didn't even know were problems. You know, it just gets you out of your head and onto paper and all of a sudden, like you can start to see solutions to problems that you have. Do, do you do that? Do you do that? And how, how does it look like if you're doing that? Like as far as any type of daily or weekly structure or maybe even a monthly thing that you do, like, is that something you do? In the mornings, uh, usually with a cup of coffee and uh, my wife is asleep next to me because I wake up early and uh, I'm writing maybe two pages and all I really do is not, I guess it's kind of a journal, but it's whatever is the most prevalent thought in my head uh, at that moment. I just kind of start with that and riff on it a little bit. And so, I mean, this is a, this is a random aside here, but like, this weekend we're going to go buy this uh, VW camper van and I'm stoked. It's going to be like, uh, it's, it's, it's a great van. There was like an older couple that took care of it. We're going to go get it and go camping this weekend right away. It's like, what an amazing way to be able to, I mean, I'm so fortunate that we can live in Montana and that we have the ability to like get this van and go camp in the backwoods away from people and just hang out in nature. So I'm excited about it. But when I woke up uh, yesterday, I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know shit about fixing this van. What if it breaks down <laughs> like in the middle of the woods? I'm fucked. I got to learn some stuff. So there was like, I woke up with some kind of like anxiety and fear about the future. And so I just wrote that down. Like I said, I'm, I'm feeling some anxiety. And it's, it's interesting. Like once you write down something like that, like, it, you just, it just starts to unravel and you're like, I, I found myself two pages later in the position of like, there's nothing to be anxious about. Like I can't control the future and I can learn some new skills if I need to. And I had some action steps. Like I'm going to download the, the owner's manual. I'm going to call a guy here who uh, works on VW vans and I'm going to like, see if I can pay him, you know, for a couple of hours of his time just to go through the most basic stuff with me. And so I don't think I would have gotten there if I wouldn't have written that down. And I also got to have some, uh, some compassion for myself. And I'm like, Oh man, like here you are stressed out about this really cool thing. Like it's just, it's eating up, you know, too much of your mental energy. There's no need to spend, you know, the morning being anxious about something that may not happen. Um, so that's, I guess that's one little specific thing that I do is just, I'll wake up and whatever kind of thought, or 
little creeping kind of anxiety thing just seems to be stuck with me when I wake up in the morning. That's what I usually write about. Cool. Have you ever got like when you've done that, something's on your mind and then when you write things out and you have a new idea for writing or new idea for work or a business or anything like that? Oh yeah. I mean, I can't think of a specific thing, but everything's interlinked, man. So, uh, I mean, I'm definitely not going to be starting a VW van repair business anytime soon, <laughs> but absolutely. You still, you, I don't know, there, there are threads like, um, like my meditation practice has been a thing and sometimes I'll write about, you know, my meditation experience or what's happening and you know, what kind of things are coming up and then an article idea will pop out of it. Uh, and so I'll write that down on the side and revisit it or not. But yeah, I, I love, it's kind of like popcorn, man. It's just thoughts just keep coming up and most of them are not helpful, but some of them are pretty damn good. At least I, they feel good in the moment. Yeah. That's definitely a great, I would say kind of daily ritual to have. One of the things, and I'm not doing it daily right now, but, but I definitely do it weekly though. Uh, I don't know if you read the book from uh, Keith J. Cunningham. It's called the road less stupid. It, honestly, no. probably it, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's one of the best business books uh, I've ever read, but it talks, one of the parts there is about thinking time and, you know, how many of the successful people have a time where they just have, you know, a thinking chair and a thinking pad and a, like, you know, a thinking corner and they, and so a thinking this is, hat and a thinking hat, like the whole shebang, right? It's like, you actually map out this time. And it's, you know, from, you can be 30 minutes, it can be hours. Some people have a whole day where they do it like Bill Gates does. And, and, but what I started taking from that is like, I write out a bunch of questions, like quite a, a lot. Like, like today I might have a question. It might be like, okay, hey, how, you know, in a year from now, what would be the best, uh, the, the, the optimal, you know, structure of my business for me to live the best life, you know, and, and I might write, so that might be one of the questions that I come up with. And so I write all mm -hmm. these questions and on my thinking uh, days, the times where I take an hour, two hours to write, a lot of times it's on the dock for me, but I'll write out that question you know, so I'll look at my question list and I'll write out one question, maybe two at most. And then I just spend that hour writing out the answer to that question, like just thinking it through as much as possible, you know, and, and just like same thing, like getting all my stuff out, organizing it towards the end, you know, kind of creating almost like some bullet points of it. And that has been on, so helpful because you find yourself ask, answering good questions and, you know, creating a time where you're actually doing that. So it's not like, Oh, well, I'll do it if I get done with this or no, you just map it out. And uh, you know, one, one of the things that, that uh, Keith says in the book is like, think about all the greatest mistakes you made in your life. You know, would you be able to avoid majority of them if you just thought things through a little bit more? Right. Um, and mm. you know, it's probably save your marriage. It probably save you millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, you know, everything like imagine it right and maybe it wouldn't be perfect but i certainly can you know as i read that i was like oh shit man you know i looked back and i was like all oh, the mistakes i made that i didn't think through as much right um and man i was like that's it's it's such a kind of basic small thing but i've really been encouraging people to do it um, unfortunately what happens is that nine out of ten people are like wow that's a great idea and they just won't start doing it um but it yeah. could you know create you, you know, better business, a better relationship, a better life, you know, chop down mistakes. Um, and so when you said that, like, that's what came to mind. It's a little bit different way, but it, honestly, it's kind of getting you to a similar place. And, and, I, and I feel like these are kind of the, the rituals that 
people should consider strongly consider implementing into their lives because they, they don't they're not as sexy as maybe some other shit that you hear you know left and right and jumping in cold tubs in the morning or whatever and not to say that's a bad thing or whatever <laughs> but I, i'm saying like this is you know if you do i don't know the next 52 weeks you have at least one thinking day a, a week for a couple hours you're going to spend a hundred hours next year thinking things through and answering really powerful questions. Uh, I think your life's uh, going to be quite a bit better, you know? I agree. And this is interesting because I, uh, I'm also a big fan of asking questions, but then uh, there's something different. It's a, it's more of a, I guess you could call it meditative inquiry. And so I think it's, I don't know if it comes from Zen or uh, if it even comes from a particular tradition um, of meditation or spirituality or whatever, but I have little like, post-it notes around my office uh, with just questions on them. And the question, I'll, I can read you a few, but the questions, they're not, they're not meant to really be answered like by thinking about them and trying to, they're, they're more like reminders that maybe everything is kind of, you know, there's some shit going on in the world for sure. Um, a lot of people are suffering, a lot of things we need to fix, but at bottom, like, holy shit, we're alive. And what a beautiful thing that is. And so there, there, I have these little reminders that are questions, um, just kind of all around. You want me to read you a couple? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to hear some. Yeah. <laughs> so just a couple of my favorite ones right here. Um, what if this wasn't about you? Mm. And that one's important, because I feel like we can all get so ego-based and so self-centered and and even feel like we're being you know compassionate and selfless but we're still trying to get something out of it for ourselves and when i if i'm in an, a meeting that's tense and like you know there are a bunch of like ideas coming back and forth and maybe i have an idea that isn't received well um i can start to feel like oh man they're not like taking my opinion seriously or oh that was a bad idea and i'm feeling bad about myself now but if i look at this question what if this wasn't about you it just kind of eases everything just a little bit. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, you know, everyone's got their own stuff that they're dealing with right now. And just because, you know, I have an argument with, you know, my wife or uh, a stranger on the internet or whatever, like it's, it's speaking about where they're coming from too. Um, and this isn't about me necessarily. So that's one. And then another one is, uh, <laughs> this one's a bit weird. Um, but it's what if there were nowhere to go and no state to achieve? And that is kind of a classic meditation inquiry, but it's basically like, why are we doing any of this stuff? What if there were actually no like finish line to this? Like we're, we're thinking that we're trying to achieve this state of happiness or, or freedom, but maybe we're already fundamentally happy maybe underneath all of the baggage and layers of things that we need to work on and all of our neuroses and all of the things that we need to do to, to help one another. What if at bottom there was no place really to get or no place to go other than where we're at right now, just being alive and being a full human being and, you know, helping each other and taking care of ourselves and uh, sitting back and relaxing and, you know, looking out the window every now and then. So that's a big one for me sometimes when I'm feeling really stressed or overwhelmed by just work or, you know, uh, social things going on. I just kind of sit back and it's, oh, what if there were nowhere to get right now? And what if there was no, no state that I needed to achieve right now? 
Man, it's, it's, uh, those are kind of like, I feel like one is an awareness question and one is a presence question, right? Right. Be your, be where your feet are. Um, and if, if that can, if it can kind of pattern interrupt your stress and anxiety, then it's, then it's very, 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 very useful and productive, right? I like the be where your feet are. That's a good little pithy statement. I'm going to write that down. Tab, I'm, I'm here for the taglines, my friend. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, and this is because you spent so much time writing long stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that. Hey, let, let, that's why we're grouping it all together. I, actually, you know what? I'm because, because you brought this up too, I, I did want to kind of dig into uh, when we talked about on the phone the other day, as far as uh, you know, wh whether you end up doing the book or not, but just um, when it comes to fitness and when it comes to, you know essentially meditation but like how you brought up that using fitness as another vehicle rather than just like performance and um mm. fat loss and you know all those different things which obviously it's phenomenal for and probably the reason most people do it but i, I wanted to for you to, to touch on that point and riff a little bit because we we talked about it a little bit but i actually want to maybe dig in a little bit more on your thoughts around it and like where where this idea came from first and then you know where where even the idea for the book would come from but like where did you get that from yeah I'll, I'll caveat this with this is very much an ongoing just thought stream right now but i i'm happy to um uh to dig into it with you because i feel like it is interesting i feel like maybe even help maybe it'd be valuable for you know anyone that's listening the next time that they you know go do a workout um try something for me and it would be the next time you're going to go to, uh, whether you're going to a gym, if you, you know, have that uh, available right now, or whether you're just going to do a, some kind of workout at home or, you know, go for a run. Um, don't, don't bring any headphones with you. Don't bring, don't listen to a podcast. Don't listen to music um, and really be in your body. This, this thing happened to me when, uh, I mean, it's happened multiple times now, I guess it's kind of like on demand, but I just realized how much I was distracting myself in the gym. And I think like music can be a really beautiful thing. And I love podcasts and audiobooks because like there's always an opportunity to learn when, you know, you're commuting, which no one's really doing right now, or when you're cooking or whatever. But I just started to find myself kind of get wrapped up uh, and always needing to distract myself, even though I, would, I wouldn't have said it like that. I wouldn't have said, oh, yeah, I'm distracting myself by listening to music. Mm -hmm. um, but really, that's kind of fundamentally what it is. And I've used music in the past to like, you know, break some PRs and just to get fired up. But I feel like we're really, I, think, I feel like when people think about meditation or mindfulness, they're thinking about, I mean, it's in there, mindfulness. And I think the word bodyfulness is a terrible word that I just came <laughs> up with. I'm sure someone said it before. But I wonder, there, there's a therapist that I worked with who wrote a, a beautiful book called Already Free. And um, he's a therapist from Colorado named Bruce Tift. And he had this thing that he would say in the book and that when I worked with him was super helpful for me. As he said, body awareness from his view is not trying to become more aware of your body. It's using your body as kind of a door or a gateway to resting in a deeper place of awareness and really like what you said, being where your feet are. And so for me, uh, and then maybe, like I said, what people could try is I was on the rowing machine, this concept two rower I have in my basement. I didn't have any music on. I didn't have a podcast on. It was just me. And I was doing a 2000 meter row and I was going pretty hard. And it was just, 
I would, my thoughts would want to pull me out and I would think about how much it sucked or what my time was last time or how difficult it was. And because of just the meditation practice, I could start to see those just as thoughts and not who I was. And so I didn't need to identify with it and they didn't take me away anymore. And I got really into my body so I could feel the movement. I could feel the wind from the little wheel. You know, when you're on the rowing machine, the wheel turns, it's I could feel that I could hear it. I could hear my own breathing. I could feel the sweat running down my, the, my back and my chest. And in that moment, this, this thought came to me or this, this, this inquiry. And it was, who is the one that's suffering right now? And, it's kind of a esoteric, maybe weird thing to say, but for me in that moment, there wasn't a person that was suffering. There was just body, intense body sensations. And what I'm wondering, and this has been something I'm experimenting with and something I'm talking to, to other people with from Craig Weller, who uh, is former Naval Special Forces and he, uh, him and his uh co-worker or a co-founder john pope uh train uh special forces that are uh people that are hoping to go through the selection process I actually just got their um, phenomenal book by the way oh dude it's so good yeah so i've talked to him about it i've talked to some meditation teachers about it i've talked to uh, this therapist bruce that i was talking about and i'm like what if like if we could learn to be with all of our intense body sensations no matter what's happening how much more present will we be in our life? How much more creative and available and capable and responsive would we be to any situation? And what better way to train it than when you're working out? Because if you think about it, man, like doing a set of like jump rope, like just like a, a facet of jump rope or, or doing some push-ups or whatever, you're going to feel intense body sensations. Right. And we have this, uh, this, frame that oh what i'm doing is healthy like jumping rope is good for me and so we kind of like explain away the intense body sensations as something good even if we don't feel them fully but if you think about it the next time you're in an argument with someone or the next time that you get embarrassed um or the next time that uh something makes you really angry if you were just to check in with yourself you would realize that some of the same intense body sensations that you would feel during exercise are present now it's just they have their their valence negatively you you're, you're thinking about them as a, as a problem as opposed to just a sensation and so my thought is what if we could learn to train ourselves to be completely with any kind of intense body sensation not get caught up in a story about it and see it for what it is see that it kind of comes and goes see that we won't die from it uh we don't need to disassociate and kind of get out of our experience or distract ourselves if we can train ourselves in that way how much more capable will we be in the rest of our lives when we're feeling uh, undoubtedly intense sensations and instead of getting caught in anger we can actually respond to the person that we're angry with with compassion and so that's the, I mean, it's the long rant, but that's the general ideas. I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm experimenting now with just no distraction workouts and even doing things like breathing sets, like picking up a heavy kettlebell and doing like five swings, uh, 
rack position uh, for a clean, hold for five breaths, uh, bottom of a squat, hold for five breaths, you know, raise up and then press overhead, hold for five breaths. If you don't, if you do that for just five to 10 reps with no distractions, you will like want to put the kettlebell down immediately. But if you can just train yourself to be with it, what a beautiful skill that is. Mm-hmm. And it, when you, when you brought this up, you know how, you know, you're kind of giving it not necessarily maybe a name, but it's just like shining a light on it. And I'm like, man, like that's some of the things that I do, but I didn't know I do them. And I didn't know why I yes. do them. Right. It, but yes. to, to make a point, like, I feel like, so first of all, I mean, we, we're living in a time right now that it's, you know, people are responding so emotionally in a way that, you know, usually they're doing stuff that they can't take back or dumb decisions or because it's such an uncomfortable space, right? Uncertainty, there's just a lot of divisiveness. Uh, but, oh, I mean, yeah. but that's a lot of everyday life in general. I think obviously it's just, you know, I think it's been taken to another level now, but uh, you make a great point. Like if, if you can train yourself to, you know, there, there's, a, there's a kind of time between that signal and the response of when you get hurt or when things become really, really hard or you get embarrassed or judged or, you know, fill in the blank of an emotion that uh, is going to lead to an emotion that's usually negative, but you're, you're, you've trained yourself to actually be in that space and go like, this is an emotion. Let me like, let me respond in a, you know, in a way that's not going to, is going to be beneficial to me rather than detrimental to me. Like you can't, you have to practice that skill. And if you are working out and, and or you like working out, why not shift and like create some workouts that allow you to do that? And then it's going to carry over into every area of life, whether it's a relationship and, you know, having a crucial conversation and you have a tough time doing it because you always get angry and explode or, uh, or you kind of something challenging happens and you shut down, right? It's like fight, flight or freeze, you're freezing, but you can't, you can train these things and Absolutely. You know, and obviously you gave a couple of examples. Um, for, for me, I do a couple of things. Like one of the things I do, I do this every minute on the minute prowler. Uh, and sometimes I'll go as much as an hour. And it's not, I don't do that every week, but that's, it's like a Damn. very, very brutal, crazy Luca thing uh, that I do. And, but same thing, like some, sometimes I'll have music on, but sometimes I won't. Right. And is, is exactly what you said. It's like pushing through the hard stuff and going, and I'll go like, hey, I can stop right now. I don't have to keep going, right? But, I, but I, I'm going to keep going. Like, I want to see what's on the other side of this. And it's training me to be really, really uncomfortable and just sit with it, right? And just keep going and still make that decision. And, and that is a, a skill that you can practice in training. And I, I mean, I do feel like, you know, what's the other side of that too is like the crazy, insanely challenging sets, right? I mean, I think that works on your mental health. It helps you overcome a lot of tension and pressure and your brain going like, oh man, you can't do this. You know, go like, you know what? I'm going to do another one. I'm going to do another one. I feel like these are all opportunities and you can look at them from a standpoint of like, hey, today I'm going to have a goal of maybe having a recovery workout, but I'm going to work on, you know, feeling my body and understanding like, like not putting the music on, not being distracted or motivated or whatever, but just being with myself. And my goal is more, I would say this sitting with, uh, sitting with uncomfortable feeling rather than, oh, uh, I'm working the 
anaerobic energy system or whatever, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just, well, I, I it's feel like it can, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, I mean, really anyone that's listening to this who does yoga is like probably yelling right now because I mean, really that's what yoga is too, right? It's just a different series of movements where, I mean, I, I don't know much about yoga, even though I've done some of it, but I mean, really you're holding poses for, you know, minutes at a time. And I, I don't know how many people who do yoga, like work with music, the classes that I've been to, there haven't been any music. So I don't know if that's typical or not, but I'm really just thinking like, can we, I mean, really how can we just kind of bring that idea, that concept into more like, you know, strength training or cardio training, um, whatever you want to call it. I just feel like it's a missed opportunity where people are just so in their heads or distracted by what they're listening to or in their thoughts, even that they can't, um, they're, they're getting the, they're getting the physical benefit of the exercise, but I don't know if they're getting like the, the psychological benefit of it. Mm -hmm. I love that, man. With the, um, so here, I mean, I'm, I'm always kind of trying to be aware of the time because I know we can talk on forever. But it, one thing I wanted to ask you, man, is there something like right now that you're like, I mean, this was one of the things that you brought up, but uh, when we talked, but is there something else that like you're just really excited about? And I don't give a shit if it's, you know, kind of work, uh, <laughs> per, per, personal adventure skill set type of thing uh, or, or anything yeah. else. But what, what's exciting you right now? All right. Well, um, there's a, I, I mentioned this therapist that I, that I worked with a little bit and there's a, I was never, I was never a person who thought that I, I quote unquote needed therapy, right? Like I feel like it has kind of a stigma attached to it. Um, but I've been really into self-development. Um, and if I think about my life, I can't really pick, like, I can't think of like a capital T big trauma that I've had. And so I never really felt like I was a candidate for, for therapy. And I was working with this meditation teacher um, named Locke Kelly, and he's a brilliant dude, a uh, great guy. Um, and he recommended that I work with this therapist. Uh, her name's Allison. And the, the way that Allison works is she does this kind of therapy um, that's called internal family systems. And uh, there's a beautiful book uh, written about it by the founder of it, uh, the creator of it named Richard Schwartz. And I recommend people get the audio book. The audio book is called Greater Than the Sum of Our Parts. And I mean, without getting, I mean, we can go as deep as you want to, because I'm pretty open about it. But um, Michael Pollan, <laughs> Michael Pollan had this quote in his book, uh, his book about psychedelics, uh, How to Change Your Mind, yeah. where he's talking where he's talking about, he calls it the betterment of well people. So it's not like that you, I mean, I feel like we're all broken in some way, but it's not like you have to be, you know, the, the, uh, a, a survivor of some, you know, terrifying tragedy um, or injustice done to you to, to benefit from something like psychedelics or something like therapy. And so I've done 12 sessions with this woman, Allison. I've listened to this book and holy shit, dude, it's fucking changed my life. I feel like I feel like I just have so much more capacity. I, I, I can just see all of the ways that I've sabotaged myself in the past and uh, all the little mental loops that I'm that I've been frozen in that were very beneficial for a certain part of my life, but that have uh, 
overstayed their welcome. They're just not useful anymore. And I didn't even, they were so unconscious that I wasn't even aware of them. Do, and do you mind, uh, I was, was going to say, do you mind sharing one to give an example? Yeah. Okay. Um, let me, let me explain what the internal family systems thing is and then I'll okay, talk yeah, about yeah, that okay. a little bit. So internal family systems, uh, Richard Schwartz who created it, uh, was a family therapist and, um, and family therapy, like he gave this, he told this little anecdote, like if he was, you know, if he had, um, you know, two parents and a daughter in his, uh, office and they were all sitting on the couch and he would ask the daughter a question and maybe the daughter would like kind of look at the dad first and then answer the question. So she was kind of like keying off the dad, kind of just checking in with him kind of unconsciously. Right. And um, so he would ask the dad to stand up and go sit in the chair, you know, toward the back of the room out of the view of the, out of the view, the daughter's view. And so then it was just like this small little thing that then when he asked a question to the daughter, she would just give a more honest answer because her dad wasn't right there. So with internal family systems, the, the, the general idea is that we don't just have like this one ego or this one self that, you know, people who study meditation all think that we need to transcend or kill or get rid of, but really our internal system is kind of like an internal family. They're the, he calls them parts. So there are parts of us and it's the best way to explain it is like when someone invites you to go do something and you're like, well, there's a part of me that wants to go to that movie with you, but there's another part of me that just wants to stay home and go to bed early. It's just that kind of thought, right? It's it, there's the different parts of you. And without getting into too much of it, he splits the parts into different, like each part kind of has a role. So there's the exiles. So the exiles are kind of abandoned childlike parts that we are usually not even aware of. For me, um, after doing some of this work, my exiles, uh, I have a very angry part inside of me that I never knew was there. And I have a very, um, I have a part that's really afraid of being alone. And uh, may, maybe these are just human, maybe, maybe every person feels these, but it was interesting to get that deep into it. And then you have manager parts. So these are like, you know, um, fast moving thinking judgment, like, you know, what business should I start next? Or um, how am I going to schedule my day? So that's another part of you. And then another part would be called a firefighter. And a firefighter is someone that like, uh, maybe you you know, a, another exiled part of you gets triggered. So someone says something bad to you and you don't know why, but you just get really upset really fast out of nowhere. And then you feel bad about it. And so later on that day, you have like, you drink like, you know, 12 beers or something like that. That is like a firefighter part who's using alcohol or, or whatever to, um, to kind of like, you know, ease the flames of, of that other part of you that was, that was hurt. Is this making sense so far? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, actually, you bring up a bunch of them. You're like, uh, you have a fear of being lonely. I'm like, yep, I got that one. Uh, absolutely. There. Actually, <laughs> I talked about that one in the past, but it's uh, for sure. Uh, yeah. You know, I, think that, I think that my firefighter is my go-to firefighter is actually work and training. Uh, yep, which me too. Can be which can be good to once again a certain degree, and then it can become bad. And I've had it be bad. You know, and then obviously well, working on that now. Um, so yeah, like I, I it completely resonate. I completely resonate with everything you're saying right now. Well, 
in in each part i mean this is this is the thing that i'm learning right now and uh, it's a thing that you know um allison the therapist i've been working with has said and uh it seems to be kind of in the literature and other people that are therapists that follow the system say it but uh there are no bad parts of you even the angry part even the part that like i mean richard schwartz is that he's done work in prisons like people you know that have murdered other people um it's just it, it just kind of showed me the common humanity that we all have and that we're all we all just want to be happy and we're all trying to get away from parts of ourselves but we don't think about it in those terms and what if we could kind of uncover these parts and listen to them for once and hear what they have to say and see how they got to be the way that they are and maybe by maybe by listening to them and being with these parts of ourselves with awareness and compassion maybe they would ease up a little bit maybe they would maybe they wouldn't have to firefight as much maybe they wouldn't have to feel scared of being alone and what if what if they had these gifts instead for us what if they could become kind of like uh like mentors in a way or or um uh not mentors but advisors like what if what if all these parts had even the the most negative ones had a gift for us and that we could start to live a more like complete and whole life without shutting down um these parts of ourselves so I, I recommend the book um, greater than some of our parts because it's kind of a, it's kind of like a guided therapy session, really. And there's a bunch of practices in it, um, super valuable. But then if people are interested, I would highly recommend uh, maybe just Googling internal family systems. And man, for me, it's been even more than the meditation practice, even more than, you know, I've always been kind of an optimist, positive thinker, self-development kind of thing. But even more than, any of that i feel like this i finally if you would have asked me a couple of years ago if there was a problem i would say no if you would ask me if i was confident and that if you know if i was scared of being alone i would say yes i'm confident no i'm not scared of being alone and i i wouldn't think i was lying um but i think the thing is is i just didn't have access to some of these deeper parts of me that now that i do i'm like man i feel like i've been abandoning myself uh and not listening to to some of my my advisors uh, over the last you know 25, 30 years or whatever it's been since I was a kid when when a lot of these parts were formed. So that's that's a long answer and maybe it's a bit uh, too much, but that's uh, that's the thing that's interesting to me right now. It's like the ultimate self work is uh, doing this kind of parts work. Would you would you say that um uh you know obviously like I'm I'm definitely getting the book right off the bat because you know how I am but like you you know you've been a person that's done a ton of per personal development stuff and that the best thing to do it from somebody that's done a lot of work on yourself uh that you'd highly encourage and advise people to you know maybe see a therapist that does something like this yeah so I mean hard to make a blanket statement I mean I, I let's say this I feel like everyone it's it's probably a good idea if people exercised it's probably a good idea if people you know hopefully have access to good food and clean water probably a good idea to train your mind in some way and to learn how to meditate and probably a good idea to learn how to do some deep work and learn how to be undistracted while creating viable things and it's probably worth it to um 
yeah, do some kind of therapy. And I, this is my first foray into it. So I'm not, I know there's a lot of like Freudian therapy and talk therapy and this kind of therapy with internal family systems. Uh, <clears throat> actually it was, it was, uh, it, it was talked about in the book. Um, the body keeps the score. It's a book about yeah, trauma. Uh, yeah. Beautiful book. So this is, this, this was, uh, one of the therapies, uh, recommended in there. And it's very much a body, like it's, it's very much an experiential way of therapy. Like it's work. Like it's not like talking to someone about your issues and going back into the past. It's dealing with stuff right now and seeing, seeing things that you've never seen before. So yeah, I, I highly recommend it. And, uh, to me, uh, I don't know if we, we end on this, but it was funny. Uh, another, this other therapist that I had a couple of sessions with who doesn't do internal family systems, but, uh, I mentioned him earlier, Bruce Tift. He, uh, at one point, uh, he's just very direct and I was on the phone with him and he said, well, Nate, maybe a question you can ask yourself is, is this, um, when are you going to be done with this self-improvement drama? and and the point he was making was i was so focused on self-development and self-improvement and beating myself up and 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 not beating myself up and reading so many books is he's like man you're trying to solve a problem and maybe there's no problem to solve maybe you're just entertaining yourself with this self-improvement drama that you are just stuck in right now you're stuck in the cycle of always improving yourself and maybe it's not necessary and check it out for yourself. And so it's, it's, it's funny. It's like the ultimate medicine and the ultimate self-improvement project is like going beyond the need to self-improve. <laughs> that's deep. Man, yeah. <laughs> you right here. Damn, that's deep. I'm gonna have to sit with that one there for a second. No, but I mean, I, I, I'm still sitting with it, man. It shook me to my core. It, it, but this, I mean, but this, I guess was why I asked you, right. It's the reason that, that, sometimes we just don't know what we don't know, or maybe I would say we just don't see, right? And when you're able to have somebody that's professional, that's outside of you and doesn't know you and, you know, and is able to unravel some stuff and make you think about some things and see some things, like how valuable and beneficial it is. And I mean, but, but it does take, you know, it does take that step of like, uh, I guess it is, you know, in some way dropping the ego and going like, okay, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. Like I just, I mean, I want to get better. Or I want to, or I want to remove an obstacle. I think that's actually, I actually just got done reading a, a book called the catalyst from Jonah Berger. It's the same guy that um, wrote contagious and it's basically, you know, how to, how to change your mind, you know, and the different skill sets and, and strategies you can do that. But a lot of it is like, Hey, most of the time, like you're, you're removing obstacles, right? That's what you're doing. And I feel that some of the things that you brought up is like, it's not like adding something. It's like removing an obstacle so that you can move forward freely. Uh, and, and I've, you know, I've done therapy in my life in many different kind of formats. Uh, and it's interesting that you bring it up because I'm like, Oh, I, sh- I should actually go do some more stuff because the thought process is like, Oh, once I've kind of got, you know, rid of per se, some of the trauma, mm. I'm good now. Right. Like I, but, but there's so much, there's, there's so much to, to, um, once again, not to think like, Hey, there's something wrong with you. So you need this help. It's, it's not that I've, I almost like I'm starting to look at this, like, Hey, removing some obstacles in a way and what's maybe there's a more effective and efficient way to remove them. 
okay, cool. Let me, let me go down that route and do that. And is so uh, one of my, uh, so, so I've done 12 sessions with Allison who does the, the internal family systems, which I think is huge. And I've, I've talked to Bruce, uh, on the phone, I think three times now. And, uh, I, <laughs> I asked him, um, I was, and this was just a general question. I'm like, Bruce, how do I know when I don't need therapy anymore? And he said, well, you're not suicidal. You're not hurting anyone. So you don't technically need therapy. You're doing this for your own entertainment, but because you want to, you know, be a little bit better, you want to improve yourself and that's fine. He said, I don't look at it as a linear process. I look at it more of like weeding a garden. Sometimes you pull all the weeds and then you're good for a while. And then maybe you look back a year later or five years later or 50 and there are more weeds that you want to pull. And so I'm now thinking about it like that. Not a, not like an I'm done kind of deal, but you know, whatever comes up is going to come up. And now I have another tool in my toolkit, but I'll tell you, man, the, uh, the work with internal family systems and doing this stuff. I mean, it'll, it'll, I mean, for me, at least I can only speak from my own experience. It, it broke me down in a way that I didn't know was possible. And it was one of the most it's been some of the most beautiful experiences of my life because I'm finally, and it sounds corny, but it's, it's from the heart. I finally feel like I'm showing up for myself and um, uh, it just, it just feels so, it just feels so different and so fresh and so new. And uh, it's like the uh, lock, this meditation teacher I mentioned earlier, he says, it's like, he, it's like kind of going through life like a kid on the first day of summer vacation, it's like, man, everything's just kind of neat and cool. Like, what am I going to do today? And it doesn't mean that there's not, you know, terrible things in the world that we need to help fix. It doesn't mean that people aren't suffering. It doesn't mean that we're going to just, you know, I'm going to get in my van and idly sit in the woods and stare off into the space for the rest of my life. But it means that I feel like I can help try to solve some of these issues that, you know, that, that we're having, I feel like we can, uh, that I can contribute in a way, but I don't have to, I don't have to be a martyr and I don't have to be miserable while I'm doing it. I can kind of come from it from a place of joy and compassion and, uh, just be happy that I'm alive. And it's just a, it's a beautiful feeling. Man, there's no better way to end this. I, I you know what? I feel like you, you've been writing copy for those guys. Cause that's, that's the, <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a sales pitch right there we looped around from the get-go like how to write well we're there you go buddy um <laughs> you know it's so honestly i i'm i'm ordering that audio because you said the audio is better some definitely intrigued get the yeah get it get it and listen to the first just listen to the first few chapters um right away and uh man yeah do the exercises just get into a quiet room uh sit on a chair or something and close your eyes and go through it with them it's uh even if you're kind of a skeptic of it, man, I just, yeah, anyone that's listening, I would just encourage them. It's like, I don't know how much is audible, 15 bucks a month or whatever. Just use your next credit, get the book and do a little bit of the work. And if it's not for you, I mean, that's fine too. Um, but I think it could be really transformative. Hell yes. Best ending of all time, man. I appreciate you, my friend. Listen, is there, like, I know at the beginning I said, you, you're really not on anything right now. So is there anywhere that you want to lead anybody to they can click on? Um, I mean, you let me know because if there's not, you know, I, I get that too. Is there, is there somewhere that people can follow you right now? 
nategreen.org. They can sign up for my newsletter. Oh, there you go. Nategreen.org. Yeah, and I, but Nate, yep. honestly, you want to learn about writing, like read Nate stuff. Real talk. I mean, you could go back and read a bunch of, but like get on his email list because Nate always writes great stuff. And it will t if you if you break it down and study it, you'll learn how to become a better writer. Um, Thank man, you, man. You already know. I mean, I, I, I appreciate you, man. I, I know we're going to be more frequent now on the calls, but thanks for coming back on the podcast. This was phenomenal. Um, oh, and uh, I will see you in Montana sometime soon, hopefully, so that we can- hopefully. Uh, Hopefully this month. year you can come in. Yeah, man. Oh, we never. All right. To be continued. We'll talk about the mirror another time. Yeah, we just exactly. totally left it as a cliffhanger. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Next episode is all about uh, psychedelic therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, thank you, my brother. Um, thank you all for right, everybody man. tuning in, listening in. We appreciate you. Uh, could be anywhere, but you're here. And as always, man, we appreciate the I would say the the, the five stars reviews, honest reviews on on uh, iTunes. Like I said, if more people uh, review it, more people listen to it, more people get the help and always take action on something. You already know. Coach Lucas out. Talk to you next time. Peace.